everybody and welcome to Comics and Cinema. I'm your host Alex Klein and we have, we'll see how long this episode is, it's going to be a shorter episode, but I wanted to follow up with everybody on the Oscars which premiered last night on ABC at uh, around 6 my time, 6 mountain time, so 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I don't even know why I'm mentioning it because it's already happened. There's no way you're going to be able to view it. Uh, but what I wanted to talk, <laughs> what I wanted to talk about first was kind of kind of coming up to the Oscars. There was a uh, uh, kind of a shocking news article that came out. Something that I hadn't uh, considered before. Something honestly, and if any of you tuned into the last episode of uh, of the Oscar picks. Uh, something we were very clearly against here on Comics and Cinema, and so much to my surprise and chagrin, uh, I just I learned of some really startling news, and so I I have no choice but to read this news to you all. I'll let you know what the source is, you know, when, when we're done. But here I'm just gonna read I'm just gonna read it word for word. Uh, <sighs> As increasingly panicked authorities worried that even the Oscars wouldn't slow down the delirious phenomenon rapidly sweeping the country, several reports confirmed Wednesday that the nation was unable to quell its insatiable appetite for all things mank. Frankly, we're in the midst of a mank mania right now, and even more troubling, the mank train shows no signs of slowing down, read a report from cultural trend watchers on the explosive adoration for the 2020 film Mank that had gripped an increasingly hysterical U.S. populace, citing evidence of what is increasingly being called a mank moment. That ranged from the deluge of mank memorabilia to popular TikTok channels where viral stars acted out scenes from mank. Frankly, we've never seen anything like how absolutely crazy everyone has gone for mank. Everywhere you look, from billboards to teenage girls' bedroom walls, there are pictures of mank star Gary Oldman, and fashion trends indicate that everyone wants to look like mank. Even small children have been spotted with mank backpacks. Easily half of new internet content is about mank, as news sites desperately try to fill their readers' unquenchable thirst for mank, and we expect that to increase due to the fervor surrounding the new cryptocurrency, MankCoin. We're also witnessing the rise of mank caves, where men hang their mank posters and drink cocktails based on those consumed in mank. And it's not just America. China and India are going absolutely hog-wild for mank. And we anticipate mank mania growing even larger after the release of the new mank anthem a collaboration by Drake, Bad Bunny, and Travis Scott, as well as the debut of the McDonald's Mank Burger and Kraft's Mankaroni and Cheese. Given, given where we assume things are headed, there's certainly no question that 2021 will go down as the year of Mank. At press time, FBI officials revealed they were following up on a credible reports of several... 
political assassinations being planned by increasingly delusional devotees convinced of a new global order heralded by the arrival of Mank. Uh, as, as reported by The Onion. Uh, guys, I just want to point out as well, uh, I, I've been practicing this recording for a while now. Uh, I... I won't lie, I, I actually heard this news uh, the night of our recording, and I was so shocked by it, I was so horrified, mystified, stupefied by it, that I I thought, I'm gonna ha- I need to just record this right now, and I did. But, uh, you know, as a, as a good news person would do, uh, I had to practice, because I could not get the entire thing out without laughing. And, uh, you know, as, as funny as it is, as funny as the mank caves are and the mank drinks, uh, this is not a laughing matter. And especially after last night, uh, mank is now an Oscar winning movie, which is even less of a laughing matter. Uh, if any of you were in there and able to tune in, you'll see, you would have seen in the best picture category, the clip that was chosen was of mank himself being un- undressed by, uh, uh, an assistant, if, if you will. Uh, I certainly don't remember that scene. <laughs> I, d- I don't remember a lot from that movie, <laughs> that, that mank, that manky movie. Uh, I don't, honestly, <laughs> I, s- I scrubbed my brain, uh, after that movie came out. So, uh, for those of you that are going to be investing in the new cryptocurrency mank coin, I, <laughs> I would advise you to <laughs> I would advise you to buy <laughs> to buy low <laughs> and I would advise I would advise you to sell immediately <laughs> I uh to those of you that are are uh, le- allowing your children to purchase mank memorabilia mank memorabilia uh, such as backpacks and posters of Gary Oldman being undressed uh, by his assistant, uh, I, I would really strongly encourage you to question your your own parenting decisions, uh, and I pray that uh, I pray that you did not subject your children to this film because certainly if they hadn't seen if they hadn't seen Citizen Kane, uh, they're they're really not going to enjoy Mank. Uh, I mean, I don't even remember if Mank is rated R, but, uh, it should, it should be, uh, it should be rated, it should, is it unrated, it should be rated R, I guess, for really don't watch this movie. Uh, but, uh, like I said, you know, all, all kidding aside, Mank is a serious problem. No, all, all kidding aside, uh, I'm gonna go through this list. I hope you guys had a really great night. I got 16 out of 23 in here, so uh, I'm gonna be going really fast through these, uh, just because I wanted to only talk about some of the upsets, uh, and and I'm gonna dive into at least the the lesser known categories first. Uh, Tenant one visual effects, awesome, no surprise there. Uh, Sound of Metal won Best Sound and Best Film Editing. Again, no surprise there. Uh, Best Short, Two Distant Strangers. I actually watched that right after the awards ceremony on Netflix, and it was really good. Uh, It's only 35 minutes long, and it's essentially... um, 
actually, you know, I, if you haven't heard about it, I won't, I won't spoil it. It's too short to be spoiled, so I, I won't say anything other than uh, if you've watched the TV show Watchmen, uh, the uh, there's a, uh, there's another movie that he was in. As uh, I'm gonna have to double check, but uh, there's a guy in that movie that is in um, Two Distant Strangers, and I'm I'm kicking myself because when I saw it, I was like, oh man, it uh, I I know this guy like I've seen him before. So it's it's Joey Badass. He's the main character, but it's his name is Andrew Howard. Oh, and that's right. Yeah, I was like, are you kidding me? He's in Tenet. So if you've seen Tenet, he was also in Limitless. And uh, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Taken, Transformers. I've actually seen him in a lot of movies. So he's one of those kind of character actors that you're going, oh, I, I knew I knew him from something. Uh, so yes, uh, also Best Short went to If Anything Happens, I Love You, called that. Uh, we've also got Best Production Design, which, uh, like I said, went to Mank. And Best Original Song, I guess speak now for One Night in Miami, but it went to Fight for You for Judas and the Black Messiah by her. Uh, Well-deserved. I at Listening to the little clips they did of these songs, even the ones I had no idea about, like IOC for Scene and Hussavik from Eurovision, which I had seen but forgotten which song that was, I was like, man, those ones should have won. So I liked that category. Original song or score, again, no surprise, it went to Soul. Uh, wish it had gone to Tenant. But makeup and Hair Styling got that one as well for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And then International Film went to another round. That was a really touching uh, speech. And I'm going to dive into that once we do all of these answers. But I really liked the new format of the of the Oscars. And the fact that, uh, was it David um, Vinterberg, Thomas Vinterberg was able to kind of tell a little story about his daughter who had passed away uh, just a few days before they started filming uh, who was actually going to be in the movie. Very, very sad, but again, it was nice to see that he was able to have the time to tell that story. Uh, documentary short went to Colette. Documentary feature went to My Octopus Teacher, uh, and I'm sure they said that out loud and thought, yeah, we ha- of course, we have to do that. It rhymes. Uh, best costume design went to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Cinematography, uh, we all thought Nomadland was a shoe in because it's very Terrence Malick-esque, I, I didn't know a single person who would have guessed that Mank would have won this, and uh, it did. Best Animated Feature went to Seoul. Best Supporting Actress was uh, Yoo Jung-yoon, uh, or I believe she said her name is pronounced Yoo Young-yoon. And uh, she was awesome. I loved her speech. She said, uh, you know, obviously they always say, I'm I'm stacked up against the best actors here. We all should have won. She said, I guess I'm just a little luckier than you guys. Or maybe it's your American hospitality and you're just being nice. And um, maybe she hasn't been in America that long. But uh, best actress, Frances McDormand. Obviously, I got that one wrong. I was doing a protest for Vanessa Kirby. But uh, always happy to see Francis get something. Uh, best Supporting Actor, just as we guessed, Daniel Kaluuya. And then Best Actor, uh, we're going to get to that one at the end. Best Original Screenplay went to Promising Young Woman, Emerald Fennell. First, uh, first female to win Best Original Screenplay in 13 years since Diablo Cody won for Juno. And we talked about that on the, the last episode. Adapted screenplay also was not expecting it to go to The Father instead of Nomadland. And then best director, Chloe Zhao did it for Nomadland. She kicked butt and she earned it. Nomadland also got best picture. Best actor, 
did not go to Chadwick Boseman. It went to Anthony Hopkins for the father. So those are your awards. Uh, my thoughts on this Oscars, guys, uh, as I was watching it, I freaked out because I, I love the Oscars in the same way that so many people love the Super Bowl. That's like the one time of the year that I'm getting to celebrate something that I care about from a national perspective. Uh, I'm not as big into sports, so don't get me wrong, though. I do love watching the Super Bowl, and, and I love watching sports, but uh, in terms of my excitement factor, you know, the, to, to me, the commercials are typically better because they're more geared towards my audience. And, uh, the, you know, there's always some secret trailers, though I guess you could say those ones come during the football football games as well. But, uh, but it was good. They, they changed the format. And it was really interesting because it felt completely different. And for maybe the first hour, hour and a half, I was just enthralled by this show. Uh, it felt like we were watching a movie. We got to see Regina King kind of bring this thing home. She brought, she walked in. They're following her with a camera. I think they said Steven Soderbergh was the one who kind of directed the Oscars, which is really cool too. I'm sure they gave Regina as much spotlight as they did because they felt so bad that they did not give her a Best Director nomination for uh, One Night in Miami. But Regardless, we got to see a bunch of her, and anytime we can see Regina King is a good day. Uh, not only that, there, like I said, the filming was a little different. It felt like they were making a movie more so than it was a live TV show. Even though it was live, and there were a couple of bits that got edited out or got censored because... Huh, they, they just thought that it was a good idea to do a side gig, and, and, and that's what I'm going to get to. And, and like I said, this is going to be a shorter episode. But the the format of the Oscars was much different. So the typical first, uh, first award that goes is typically to the supporting actor or supporting actress given by their peer who won from the last year. And this year it started with screenplays. And not only that, we were like, oh, this is a little different. But it also, instead of showing clips, it basically had the presenter complimenting each of the nominees in a, in a really cool way, saying like, oh, okay, you know, for, for Adapted Screenplay, and I'm trying to think if any of these are, um, I'm just looking through and seeing if any of them are ones that I actually remember what they said. But yeah, I mean, for like, for Promising Young Woman, it, it said Promising Young Woman, and then Regina King, I think was the one who said, but she was like, Emerald Fennell, uh, was in the middle of filming The Crown, and I didn't realize she was on that show, uh, and decided to do this, to make this film. She wrote it, she directed it, and she was seven months pregnant while she was shooting. And it just, it, the way that they did that, it almost felt like when a presenter is being brought up on a stage in a different setting, and the person who's bringing the presenter up gives them kind of their accolades, right? Like they read off the list of their accomplishments and it felt like a shorter version of that. I really liked it. Don't get me wrong though. I was wondering about those clips. <laughs> Where were the clips? There, there were very little clips in the film or in the whole entire thing. They had some clips for any of the movie categories. So best picture, best animated feature and best international feature film. Those ones got clips. The rest of them did not. Um, and I still, I don't know if I fully agree with that, Excuse me, but uh, that you know again, that's what we got. They they had to make do with what they had. I thought the production design for this was really good. They had Questlove doing the music, and that was awesome. 
and they and it was crazy. So they did they did original screenplay and then they did adapted screenplay. And then they almost I feel like they maybe even did something else, but I know there were multiple times where I was thinking like oh wow, they're moving along. Like they are moving along. Uh whereas in the prior ones there would be the person who was the host and they would try to crack jokes or be funny, and some of them hit, but at the same time, you know, it was the quickest way to get me to start looking at my phone and going, okay, how much time is left in this? So I really liked that, and it felt very, very fresh, and so if I if I could fill out a feedback card to the Oscars, I would say, please do this format again, but there are still some things that they definitely need to change in this format. They had zero games, zero interactions the entire time, and then out of nowhere, after like two hours, they uh, they had this, you know, oh, guess this music, and it was, oh, was this a song that was nominated for an Oscar, won an Oscar, or wasn't nominated, and they immediately asked, I think the first one was to Andra Day, and it was for Purple Rain, and she was like, well, this is a really good song, so it probably didn't get nominated, and then... Uh, But then there was a censor, and that was what was censored, so I was able to read her lips to see that, but uh, a couple people I was talking with said that she said like a swear word or something, I don't know what it was, but then when they did it with Glenn Close, she did the same thing, but we also got to see her dance, which was really cool, but I'm just, the, the whole time I was like, you're putting a game in now? Like, we're, we're two and a half hours into this. You need to wrap this up. There are, you know, only an X amount of categories, and you're really trying to give... I appreciated, at least, that they got rid of the whole host bit so that the winners could speak a little longer. And there were some great speeches. Like I said, Thomas Vinterberg's was a highlight. Um, Daniel Kalua's was great. Uh, there were a few others that uh, I really liked. A lot of the foreign winners, just because... Again, the things that they were talking about, I was like, oh, wow, this is, you know, really resonating. That's some great awards. One of them for, um, let's say, is it Tyler Perry uh, for Medea? Uh, he won an Achievement Award. And then um, uh, Hal from, I always forget his name, uh, Heisenberg. I don't even remember his real name. But Brian Cranston, he uh, did a presentation bit at the Dolby Cinema, the Dolby Theater, too, which was cool. But like I said, overall, um, as the show went on, I really thought that it was going to be something different, and it was not. It, it was it was different enough to keep me hooked, to where when I did look at my phone and two and a half hours had passed, I was like, "Oh wow, it this has been long," but at the same time, it still was too long. I mean, it got to three hours and then went over. And worst part about that, and this is what we'll get to at this last bit, is. They did Best Picture before Best Actor and Actress, and it was the dumbest decision they could have ever done because uh, we all suspected that Chadwick was going to get it, uh, and they did. You know, they did their in memoriam. Their in memoriam kind of went fast too, uh, and he was the last person on the in memoriam. So when this when the commercials ended, and they're like, "All right, here we go. We're we're doing Best Picture." Uh, I was like, wait, did they just, did they do Best Actor already? And so at that point, I almost thought that, you know, he was going to be a shoo-in at that point. Okay, so, you know, this makes a little more sense. If Chadwick's win is the last thing of the night, awesome, that's great. I don't know if that's, I'm assuming that's why they did that, unless they were just saying, hey, let's test out a different way and see what people think. Hey, I'm all for testing and, and, uh, you know, those sort of, uh, 
assumption type testing. Like, let's just see if it works. If it doesn't work, we'll adjust it next year. And so when uh, Anthony Hopkins was announced as the winner, and not only was he not there, but he wasn't even available at all. So it was just a picture of him, uh, which is, is, I don't want to say it in a funny way. It certainly isn't funny, but that's the exact same thing that would have happened with Chadwick. I'm assuming that his wife, his late wife would have probably accepted the award and said something beautiful. But there were a lot of people who were saying like, oh, you know, Anthony's not even here to, to receive the award. And my first thought was, well, sadly, Chadwick is also not here to receive the award, so that's kind of a, a strange argument. But I do agree with the idea that he wasn't even available to do a recording for his award. I mean, come on. I guess if he's won a bunch of stuff, and maybe he even wasn't of the assumption that he uh, was going to get this award, and maybe this was the whole thing, was that everyone just assumed Chadwick was going to win, and he didn't win. And, uh, and so we had to deal with this weird, weird ending of the show where, uh, uh, Joaquin Phoenix announces it, uh, um, his freaking face comes up on the, on the PowerPoint presentation and then the show ends and that was it. And I think, I think Joaquin said that he, you know, the Academy is accepting it on his behalf or, you know, something so crazy. And it wasn't until today that Anthony Hopkins uh, kind of released a statement on his Instagram, a video. And don't get me wrong, guys. I love Anthony Hopkins. I think he was great in Thor. He was great in uh, Silence of the Lambs. Uh, There's some other movies that I'm trying to think off the top of my head. All I know is whenever I see him on screen, I'm always happy to see him. He always does a great job. Uh, But I, I don't think he expected this. So here's what his a quote, I guess, from it. I don't know if this is the whole bit from his Instagram, but he said, Here I am in my homeland in Wales. At 83 years of age, I did not expect to get this award. I really didn't. I'm very grateful to the Academy. I want to pay tribute to Chadwick Boseman, who was taken from us far too early. I really did not expect this. I feel so very privileged and honored. So... You know, and and to the, from certain people that have seen both of those performances, they have said that Anthony Hopkins gave a better performance, and so that you know maybe that'll be the last sort of thing that we leave on with this is just that the whole idea of the awards. If you're if you're looking at it from a purely I guess logical and fact based thing, sure maybe maybe Anthony was the better choice in this. I know when I was watching Ma Rainey's, I loved Chadwick, but uh, there were a couple of roles that he was in that I liked more than this role. Uh, didn't mean that it was a bad role certainly, and like I said, I have not seen Anthony Hopkins' role either. But uh, I would say that's a, that's an argument that I suppose could be made, but at the same time. When you're doing a tribute award, uh, it's you know there's there's a there's an argument there too because you could go okay well then if Chadwick you know if Chadwick is the one who's going to be nominated and win, why would you even bother nominating anyone else if we knew if we know that it's Chadwick that's going to win like we are giving him this as a posthumous award? Uh, there's just it's a lot of gray there and it's a tough tough thing. Uh, I certainly don't agree with the decision. I was really hoping that it was going to be Chadwick, but uh, but it wasn't. And so now we have to live in a world where Chadwick did not. I don't believe he won any. He hasn't won any Oscars, or maybe he did. Uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna get that caught up here right now too. But like I said, you know, congrats to all of the winners. 
And uh, I just, you know, there's never going to be another opportunity for him to have that kind of shot, unfortunately, just because he was taken from us way too early. I mean, he wasn't even recognized for Defive Bloods, and he wasn't really in there much, but, um, but yeah, so at least we can still talk about him, we can still remember him, and uh, kind of move forward, but overall, despite those hiccups, despite those weird, the weirdness of that, I did like this Oscars more than uh, last year, more than probably the last few years, the real last Oscars I really liked was like 2017, maybe, Uh, maybe it was 2018, one of the two there, but uh, it's just been a long time, because they're just, they're so bloated, they they talk about way too many things that don't matter in terms of like those games, the bits that the hosts do. So if they are able to replicate what they did last night, uh, I think with some fine tuning, this could be a really, really exciting ceremony in the coming years. So those are my thoughts on this. You guys have been presented with all the winners. Hopefully you all won your brackets with your family and friends. And now here's to 2021. Hopefully we get a bunch more movies to sift through so that next year's Oscars is even more exciting. So for all of us here at Comics and Cinema, thanks so much for listening in. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and we'll see you at the movies.